Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. The first few weeks in the autumn of 1954 were spent formulating a program that would be meaningful to this particular congregation. These are the words of Martin Luther King Jr. From Stride Toward Freedom, Stride Toward Freedom, sorry, the Montgomery story. These are about the first months in the pastorate at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. He continues, I was anxious to change the impression in the community that Dexter was a sort of silk stocking, catering only to a certain class. Often it was referred to as the big folks church. Revolting against this idea, I was convinced that worship at its best is a social experience with people of all levels of life, coming together to realize their oneness and unity under God. Well, when I was reading this, I thought it was very relevant to the state that we're in, the state of wondering and openness as a congregation. And I was taken by that last sentence, <clears throat> that worship is a social experience, people coming together from all walks of life, from all levels, um, to realize their oneness and unity in, under God. Oneness and unity. Is that the purpose of the church? The purpose of any church? When we, to realize unity means to become aware of unity, become aware of a pre-existing oneness. But it also can mean realize to bring into physical form. I had um, an image or a metaphor, sort of an elongated visualization in meditation recently that I wanted to share with you as a way of sort of um, conceptualizing unity, at least that's what it did for me. It starts with an ocean. <clears throat> Out of the great wide ocean we are born, a human form comes up out of the water 
we were just watching Moana last night, and I thought, wow, this is, this is it. This is, watch that movie. I mean, it's a it's slightly different metaphor, but it is very deep. <laughs> watch it. Um, we live at the shore most of our childhood. Um, we're curious, and the curiosity brings us to the edge. <clears throat> the edge of the jungle. For some of us, the thicket grows towards us. And despite ourselves or despite our desire to live near the shore, we venture into the thick vegetation. Our minds become the tools to explore. So like a machete, to go deeper into the thickness, to understand it, to overcome it. Our minds cut. We find many things we're afraid of. <clears throat> we keep cutting. We get lost. We forget the way back. We forget about the ocean completely. We climb mountains. We dig underground, we find crystals, we find exotic fruit, we build huts, we make fires, we learn to create, and that is exhilarating. We make something out of nothing, we use the tools, we find that we <clears throat> make things we want to protect, and so we use these same tools as weapons. We study how to use them as weapons. We defend what's ours. We learn to hate what's not. But eventually we get tired and we stop cutting for a while. And when we stop, we hear something curious and different. Our mind is still a tool it still cuts and digs. That's all it can do. But it's the tool we use to go back to the waves, the ocean, the curious noise we hear. It sounds sweet and it sounds like home. So by some way, we find our way back to where the, the jungle and the shore and the sand meet. We catch a glimpse of the ocean and we, <clears throat> we know down deep that this is where we are from. More than anything, more than anything that that form that went exploring on land into the desert and into the thick vegetation, we are more water than we are anything. It wasn't for nothing. The trip brought new treasures back to the ocean. We experienced things we couldn't ever experience in the ocean. 
So, <clears throat> we can come back to the ocean and go back in to the jungle. We can find that balance until we finally desire to be as close to the ocean as possible, as much as possible. This visualization um, helped me understand unity and oneness in a new way. But the words that are going to follow and the words that I just offered are symbols, they're signposts. Um, they're, they're, it's like I'm using the tool to describe to you something that cannot <clears throat> be expressed with the tool. So, so I apologize. <laughs> You, um, unity, like love, it's not something we can think of. We can think our way to the edge of it, <clears throat> but at the edge of it, the, the tool is no longer needed. The machete is not, not, not even needed. It is um, a distraction. <clears throat> it's useless. Um, and it keeps us from focusing on what is before us. Um, what this visualization showed me was that the point that we experience something other than oneness, us, we, we experience separateness, is the point that we begin thinking. Thinking cuts something in half. It looks at it from another point of view. It, it turns it around and views it from a single point of consciousness. It can never be the whole story. <clears throat> it's necessary, obviously. It's necessary for me to stand up here with words and thinking to even... <clears throat> Connect, connect the dots for myself or, or anyone. But it can also lead us astray. <clears throat> Unity is a state of no thought. It's not something we do or think. It's a remembering. It's, it's just ocean. <clears throat> we feel elation. We feel the emotion of love because we become one with our surroundings. We accept someone else. That feeling, that romantic love feeling is accepting someone else as us. It's like a full, there is nothing about them that we don't fully embrace. We see no essential difference. We know that the differences are, we see the beauty in the variation. So the opposite of unity is not actually separateness, but judgment. It's a, it's just the point that judgment is, precedes the separation. And we tear down what's unified. <clears throat> In our open worship 
together on Sunday mornings, we access that no thought oneness. We, we get wet with the ocean, as it were. Remember Mark's message about Jesus dripping with water as he entered the desert from the baptism? Jesus is saying, remember who you are. And this is how you can return to remember who you are. The water is who we are. The water is where we access that state of oneness. Keep coming back if you forget. We're all water. Individual drops, each drop is no less water than the ocean, but we also need every drop of water to be an entire ocean. We are a part and a self-contained whole. We are individual expressions of the whole, but also a microcosm of the whole. We have all of it within us. And the depth, one, I realized recently that the, the expansive infiniteness of the, of the universe outward exists inward as well. There is no end to the depths we can go internally to find this oneness. <clears throat> when we judge, we define. Or when we define. When we do anything with our minds, we separate. And our judgment leads to the resulting belief that we are separate. We can only understand this in silence, an inward journey. There is no external journey to oneness. It must be realized internally first. There is, of course, ways to bring us closer to the edge of the shore. We should all live at the shore. We can realize this in nature when we are moving our body, but it's really not something that we are going to find by talking about it. When we re remember the ocean, we act in a state of love and oneness. It's a state of mind to be our base. It's our come from. Here's more from Martin Luther King Jr. talking about accessing that sense of unity, but from the ego and the problems that we face when we try to do it from the ego. The trouble isn't so much that we don't know enough, but it's as if we aren't good enough. The trouble isn't so much that our scientific genius lags behind, but our moral genius lags behind. The great problem facing modern man is that, that the means by which we live have outdistanced the spiritual ends for which we live. So we find ourselves caught in a messed up world. The problem is with man himself and man's soul. We haven't learned how to be just and honest and kind and true and loving, and that is the basis of our problem. But the real problem is that through our scientific genius, we've made the world a neighborhood but through our moral and spiritual genius, we failed to make it a brotherhood. And the great danger facing us today is not so much the atomic bomb that was created by physical science, 
not so much that atomic bomb that you, you can put in an airplane and drop on the heads of hundreds and thousands of people, as dangerous as that is, but the real danger confronting civilization today is that atomic bomb which lies in the heart and souls of men, capable of exploding into the vilest of hate and into the most damaging selfishness. That's the atomic bomb that we've got to fear today. Problem is with the men, within the heart and souls of men. That is the real basis of our problem. My question is this, can we find our way back home? Can the hearts and souls of people, you and I and all of humanity, can we dismantle the atomic bombs within us? Can we as a church embody that idea that we are all made out of the same thing, that we are one part of a whole? Can we set down the tools of existence that become our weapons? Can we stop cutting through this existence for a moment and dive straight into that state of love? Can we accept that the jungle and the desert and the deep valleys and the frosty peaks, they exist? They are what they are. And can we see them for what they are? When we observe the world with a little space, we can see the beauty, we can hear the ocean. And like Mark said last week, can we step back from the rocky path and see the entire landscape? How we perceive this life makes all the difference. The state from which we come makes all the difference. We can only embody oneness when we remember where we come from. What, my friends, is our come from? Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.